Welcome to Season 4 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations of Rockstar Burst and myself, Michael Woodland, as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, community matters, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. All right, good people. We're back at it once again, and thank you for joining us for another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast. This week's show is brought to you in part by DevTech. If you haven't heard of DevTech, head on over to the M-W Tactical YouTube channel and look up the product review and do a Google search and see what all DevTech has to offer for you. I am a firm believer that if you do any form of competition shooting, these magnets will make your shooting experience very, very pleasurable. Once again, head on over to DevTech and see what all they have for your shooting needs. Now, as always, I do have to thank everybody who is listening to us from around the world, especially the people in Canada. I really do appreciate that. Maybe we can go hang out up there for a show or two just so we can do some type of business traveling for the M-W Tactical Podcast. Also, remember, if you're listening to us on Spotify, Spotify now has the ability, whereas you can watch this show on Spotify. So it's just like if you was on YouTube, you can also watch it on Spotify. So however you decide to watch it, please give us a thumbs up, subscribe, and by all means, Tell us what you think of the show, and maybe we'll bring you onto the show so we can hear your thoughts firsthand. Also, remember that we are doing a giveaway. This giveaway will take place once the YouTube channel, the M-W Tactical YouTube channel, hits 1,000 subs. So tell all your friends, all your family, head on over to YouTube visit the M-W Tactical channel and subscribe, hit the like button, give us a thumbs up so we can hurry up and get there so we can give this items away. Well, these items, not this item, but we have a lot of items from the sponsors that we will be giving away. Now, as y'all already know, I sit around all day when I get bored with dry fire and I get done with dry fire probably about seven-ish in the morning my time. I don't have anything to do for a couple hours, so I pick up the phone and I just start trolling on Rockstar. I know she's getting tired of it because she'd be like, oh, I'm either sleeping or I'm in a meeting. But we're going to bring her on and let her tell the torment that I put her through. So yes, I am going to troll her until I am invited to her place and get some cheesecake that I don't eat, go to her office, sit in her meetings, <laughs> review some <laughs> products, <laughs> and just get her take on it overall. So without further ado, bringing forth the lovely, the impressionable, the only co-host of the M-W Tactical Podcast, Rockstar. What's going on there with you, Ms. Rockstar? Hey, it's uh it's gone. It's just a few days before Christmas and 
yeah, I feel like I'm ready to kind of be done with 2021 and embrace all that 2022 is going to offer and hope that it's a more uh, exciting year than this past one. <laughs> Man, who are you telling? And <laughs> I'm telling you now, you got to remember this, that I've always considered myself to be a conspiracy theorist because one of my buddies, when I was a drill sergeant, um, I'm just going to call him Oz because I haven't got permission to use his name online and everything. He used to always say, I know you, you're going to say something and it's going to be a conspiracy theory. So, <laughs> so ever since then, I've been saying I'm a conspiracy theorist. Now, all this craziness, do you think it's by design? I mean, I have all sorts <laughs> of thoughts on that. <laughs> well, we're going to dive into that a little bit later into the show. <laughs> but um, outside of that, how has your week been? Um, well, we had a crazy, this is like I, like, I hate talking about the weather, but the weather has been insane. So I feel like it's worth noting. Right. Um, we had the highest temperature ever on record in Wisconsin yesterday. It was 65 degrees on December, whatever, 15th or whatever it was. And I was, I mean, it. I was pleasantly surprised to have such a nice warm day in December, but it was followed with crazy winds it's still windy um and just very bizarre weather and then the uh the national weather service put out a, a gale force wind warning with gusts up to 100 miles an hour and then it dropped 30 degrees overnight <laughs> i'm like what is even happening and i have all sorts of crazy weather conspiracies so i've just have been soaking that all up and being like what is going on right now <laughs> That almost sounds like um, desert weather when you turn around and you look at it. Like when I was overseas and um, it actually was Kuwait the first time I actually experienced this, whereas the weather is like 130 in the daytime, but then nighttime, it'll drop down to like 60, 70, but you'll feel like you're freezing, <laughs> you know? And a few days ago, the same thing happened here as well, whereas... I woke up in the morning, it was like 35, 36 degrees. And then when I actually left the house, it was probably about two, three o'clock in the afternoon. And it was like 65, 70 degrees outside. Wow. And this is, this is actually crazy. Now, I said this one time before when all this weather change stuff was happening. I don't recall this ever happening when I was a kid. Right. Because it was like when it was cold, it stayed cold, whereas it was freezing, then it stayed cold throughout the day. It got a little warmer, but it was still cold. But now, man, we're going through what four seasons <laughs> at any given time. In an hour. Time period. <laughs> yeah, like, this is crazy for real. Yeah. Yeah. And there was that big tornado in Kentucky, which was the longest tornado on record. And one of my things that I like to do is go on Google and look up all the different weather patents that are out there. I mm -hmm. think that's really interesting. And they've, the, you know, some of the earliest ones go back to, I want to say the late 1800s. And I just think it's really interesting that people try to patent the weather. And uh, <laughs> there's some quote by some politician that basically says, 
he who controls the weather controls the world. And I think there's definitely some truth to that. Truth to that. So mm. yeah, that's it. if you ever want to go on a fun little rabbit hole, start looking up some of the different weather patterns that are out there. <laughs> I believe that, um, once again, my conspiracy theorist thought that I believe there is a machine that can manipulate the weather. I yeah, believe that's like I, what I yeah, I, I never seen it before. Um, all the stuff that I looked up on it and read up on it, it wasn't factual, but I do believe if somebody actually thought of something like that, there's something in the play <laughs> in regards to that. And I'm not talking about like the vacuum in reverse mode with the snow coming out, <laughs> that's cotton and you take a video and it's <laughs> snow. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um speaking on christmas don't forget that this is our last show for the 2021 year right so for season four of the m-w tactical podcast this is the last episode of the year and we're going to come back the week after january 7th now the funny thing about it is january 7th is my birthday but I'm not doing anything, but that's also a Friday. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I am going to lock myself in the house, board up the windows and everything. And I'll probably just pig out on some chocolate covered peanuts and some water. <laughs> <laughs> Do some sit-ups or something. <laughs> but um, outside of all that, what else has been going on with you for the week? Um, let's see what else has been going on. Oh, I purchased a firearm a little while ago that came in this week. So that was exciting. Oh, um, we'll talk about that a little bit after the commercial break. I know, right? So yeah, I really, I mean, one of my friends, um, yeah, we'll talk about the, after the commercial break, like why I got it and just sort of the, you know, that sounds good. Well, then let's do this then. Let's go ahead and jump into the commercial break so we can come on back and then um, tackle some of these topics. And I'm not going to say it right now, but I'll say it once we come back to the next segment. And but I'm also curious to hear about this new firearm and why you got it. So, everybody, if you will, if you're in your vehicles, turn the radios up, adjust your sunglasses. If it's raining, slow it down. If you're listening to the show at home, this is your time to go get a glass of water, use the restroom, hurry up and come on back. But here are a few words from our sponsors. Mental health and guns. At Walk the Talk America, we're working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store 
and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, everyone. John from Outdoor Dynamics here. We're a remanufacturer of ammunition based in Kannapolis, North Carolina. We make everything from 9mm 115 grain to specialized 40 Smith & Wesson. So if you have anything from an open gun to just a standard Glock 19, feel free to reach out to us at OutdoorDynamics.net or we're on Instagram and Facebook with Outdoor.Dynamics. And we're always here for you. Happy to answer any questions you have. Hey, this is Brian. Thank you so much for listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Michael has been a great supporter of Hunter's HD Gold, and it's my pleasure to be a support for his podcast as well. Make sure you check out the Hunter's HD Gold website for prescription orders and also custom orders where you can use your own frame for your Hunter's HD Gold lenses. Or if you want to try the new Hunter's HD Ruby, we have information there as well. Because we always use Trivex lenses as our base material, and all our lenses are photochromic. So they change so you don't have to. So thank you again for listening to the N-W Tactical Podcast, and we'll see you at the range soon. All right, good people. Thank you for listening to that commercial break. And if you will, please pay the sponsors a visit. Now, I don't know if you noticed or not, but there is a new commercial right there from Hunter HD Gold. And... Brian is a big supporter of the show and he's actually one of the few people that always contacts me and tells me he likes this. He likes that. So head on over to Hunter HD gold and the other people who actually sponsor the show and tell them that you heard about them on from the M W tactical podcast. Now, before we went away, you said that you got a new firearm. So what is this new firearm that you ordered? <laughs> <laughs> so I got a Caltech Sub 2000. And oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I shot one. Oh, gosh. It was still warm out. So it had to have been like the end of summer or early fall. And I was just at a range and one of my friends had it and I was like oh, this is cool like this is fun I like that it's it's lightweight it's it was fun to shoot and I I have a, a good friend who hooked me up with a lot of Glock 19 
magazines, which this is compatible with. So I was like, well, I already have all these magazines lying around. I enjoyed shooting the firearm. Um, I wanted to get something that was uh, just more of a, you know, I, I train with my my pistols pretty, not you know, not all the time, but it's that's really my kind of my go-to is this this pistols space and. I just wanted to get something a little bit different. And when I had shot that the first time, I was like, this is cool. Like, this is, I, I enjoy shooting this. And I want, not that I don't like, um, you know, shooting pistols, but I just wanted something that was, that was different. And I like that it's lightweight. Um, <clears throat> it, when, when I shot the previous one, it, it was, it just seemed very accurate. It was, you know, I like that it folds <laughs> and it's easily, it's <laughs> easy to store, it's compact. Um, but yeah, I, the, the, really the main reason that, that I got this was it's it, like one, it's just, it's simple. Um, I already had the, I already had the additional mags lying around and, um, it just seemed, it was like a very, uh, what's the right word? Maybe just like intuitive. It just, it just was easy. Um, right. So, and I figured I should add something that yeah, that's, you know, more on the, I don't know, just like enjoyable shooting to, to my arsenal. Something that I can take up to the range and have, have a good time with. I got you on that one. Um, I've shot the sub 2000 twice. One of them was in the basic configuration, like you just bought it out the store. And the other one I shot, it was kind of souped up. But I think the one that was souped up didn't shoot as good as the basic. So, <laughs> right. And I think what it was, was the person just put too much into it. You know, like kind of made it like a Gucci. Yeah. Gucci it out. And just like if you buy a car today, you can't go in and change the radio and change all this other stuff because a few months later you start you start having these issues with it. <laughs> and and actually, I sat there and I thought, like, okay, what's the advantages of having this sub two thousand? And I I can see the benefits for it, whereas it could be something that could be a short short term resolution until you can fight your way to the main one, or it could just be something practical, whereas um, you could put it in a backpack <laughs> and it's there and it's small enough, whereas you can open up the backpack and still have other stuff in there, you know? But, and it might be something that's easy enough to start somebody with a rifle, because like I said, it's not that big, because, you know, like an AR-15 compared to that is like massive. Yeah. You know, so, um, but yeah, so play around with it a little bit more and then tell us a little bit more yeah. <laughs> about it, um, how you, what you think of it and different practical ways you can use it both in the home and out of the home. Yeah. Uh, because like I said, when I actually shot it, the person who had it literally had a backpack on all day. And then when we went to the range, he pulled it out and was like, Hey, give this a try. Like, Whoa, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like I said, that was a couple of years ago, though. That was a couple of years ago. So that's that is awesome, though. Now, did you see one prior, like a couple of years ago, and then said, "Okay, I'm gonna put that in my memory banks and come back and get it," or did you happen to see one and say, "Hey, that looks cool"? 
then let me just jump on it. Yeah, I hadn't seen before my friend had showed me and let yeah. me use theirs. I had not seen it or heard of it. So, yeah. but I, I was, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. I'm like, this is, and it's lightweight. That was the big thing. I mean, obviously, um, I've shot several ARs and I, I do like them, but they are, I mean, they get heavy. They're, and that's, they're just, <laughs> <laughs> that's the reason for like a sling. That. That's why you got a <laughs> <Yeah>. sling. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah so um but yeah i'm curious to hear about the adventures with the sub 2000 and what's yes. to come with that one <laughs> well, all right so now don't forget that we are doing a giveaway once the channel hits 1000 subs and a few people actually emailed me and stated it sounded like last week's show i made it well I made it sound like it's only for new subscribers. It's not for new subscribers. I also have the ability to see all the subscribers and what number they were. So all those names are gonna be put into that randomizer also. So it's gonna be everybody who subscribes, not just the new people, just to give that heads up. So if I confused everybody, which I can see why it would sound a little jumble, <laughs> my apologies, but everybody who has subscribed to the M-W Tactical Park, I mean, the M-W Tactical YouTube channel will be in that giveaway. And you, whenever we do the giveaway, you do not have to be like listening to us if we decide to do a live show, you will get an email notification right then and there when your name is pulled that you are the winner of whatever product it was that we pulled at that time so i'm very excited about that and looking forward to that giveaway because i really do love doing the giveaways <laughs> as well <laughs> so my buddy named manny who has his show called manny things he would always clean up all the shows like competitions we would do because it was always trivia based and he was spot on with it, like, bow, 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 bow. And I was like, man, this guy really is on top of it. So this time we changed it up, Manny. So um, <laughs> let's see you squeak through this one. <laughs> <laughs> He'll probably figure out some type of mastermind way to be like, yeah, I'm still in there. Ah, take that, take that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I actually did a product review video. So if you remember not too long ago, I stated that I finally got the Combat Master Glock 35. So I did a product review video that came out Thursday. And I'm asking the question, at the beginning of that video, there was a conversation between John Wick and myself. And I believe John Wick looked a little bit shook in that video. So now the question is, when you actually looked at the video, did you get the impression that John Wick was shook? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he looked a little intimidated. Uh, <laughs> definitely looked like he wanted to get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so if everybody will, head on over to the M-W Tactical YouTube channel and under the community tab, I'm taking a poll of how many people think John Wick looks shook. <laughs> so please jump into that poll and um, 
let's make it a little fun. Or you can even leave your comments in the description below and tell us what you honestly thought. And we'll talk about some of this on the show coming up after uh, Christmas break. So, um, you know, actually, my brother pointed that out to me. Right? When I sent him the video before, I blasted it out to everybody. And when he looked at it, because he's actually like one of the people for my litmus test. And because I don't like it when people, when, like when I send people something, they're scared they're going to hurt my feelings. I'd be like, no, hurt my feelings, hurt my feelings. That's the only way you can get better. Because that's how I was actually raised also. So I'm used to it if somebody says something negative to me. And when we was watching it, he was like, man, it actually looked like he had a look of concern on his face when he hung the phone. <laughs> and then when I went back and looked at it, I was like, hey, it actually it does, man. That's, that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now I'm asking everybody, hey, do you think John Wick looks shook and that <laughs> a little nervous? <laughs> so um, curious to know that. I'm curious to know that. But um, what did you think about it? Because I know you haven't had time to look at the the actual product review and in, in its entirety, but you did look at that portion of the interview. Well, the conversation between John Wick and myself. Yeah, I liked it. I think it's a, I think it's a good way to get people excited about, you know, what are you going to say? I mean, you're challenging John Wick. What? I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a big challenge. That's, it's like kind of ballsy. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what it is. So, you know, but then again, like I've always said, my heart don't pump Kool-Aid and I never ran from any challenge either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um but please head on over to um the youtube channel and actually give us the thumbs up especially on this video give us the thumbs up hit the subscribe button and actually stay forth and wait for you know the subs to get 1000 so we can actually do this giveaway now another thing i wanted to actually bring up did you hear about what's going on in California? Oh, what's not going on in California? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, you have to look at it like that also. <laughs> yeah. But um, specifically, what's actually going on, the easiest way to break it down, if you haven't seen or heard anything, is acts of the purge are going on out there. Now, a few weeks ago, starting shortly around the Thanksgiving time frame, probably a little bit before, a little bit after, you were seeing a lot of news footage of these mob robbings. So people would be like a mob of people just run into a store and they'll just rob it like 30 seconds and then they'll leave, you know? So when we saw that, everybody was like, well, what's, what's going on? What's going on? Now, when you turn around and you really look at it, it's starting, the pieces of the puzzle are starting to come together. California is falling apart. You know, so laws are like not being held up, but what's the reason behind it? Depending yeah. On, yeah, so depending on who you talk to, they're going to tell you what they think it is. What I think it is, is everything starting from the pandemic because you know new york and california they was doing that whole you can't go no place unless you got the COVID card or the app on your phone to show that you got the shot right so 
the biggest thing that if you haven't traveled to these areas or that's not taking effect in your area is people like restaurants. So they was trying to attract the whole, you can't go to a movie theater. You can't do this. You can't do that unless you got the shot. So how many people actually lost their jobs because they didn't get the shot by a certain date? You know, so I, I think a lot of that was the start of all this craziness. But then too, when you look at it, California is also very expensive to live in as well. So what's your take on all this and how do you feel about it? Well, I think there's a couple of things. I actually saw something this morning about how people are leaving their car door, their car doors unlock and their trunks open so that people don't smash their windows and steal their stuff, which is crazy to me. I was like, what? This is not, this is not how a society can function. That's not good. The, um, I know the, um, what is the, I can't think of who that is. The the police um, police director, that Jamie McBride character, mm-hmm. has blamed a lot of it on the uh, the Prop Forty Seven legislation, which basically said that there's um, uh, it changed like the sentencing laws as well as the like the zero bail policy. So now you have all of these people who are essentially committing crimes and then they just they go right back on the street because there there's no sense of accountability um, Mm. for them so i think that uh well yeah obviously like california is super expensive and if you're not going to prosecute shoplifters because it's it's petty crime I, I don't know how you fix that because people have an incentive to steal stuff because everything's expensive out there and if you're not going to prosecute them what's going to stop them from taking things so i feel like that's a kind of a double-edged sword um and then you know there's no like cash bail uh which i'm not saying that the prison system doesn't need reform because I think there's a lot of things in it that could be <laughs> that could be fixed and, and, and done better mm-hmm. but I also don't think it's fair that California citizens are, are still paying taxes in fact they're paying a boatload of taxes and I would as a if I were a California resident I would very much want those tax tax dollars going to things that benefited me that um <laughs> that I felt like I was getting a bang for my buck and I feel like public services would be one of those and right now it's it's just sort of this interesting situation where there's really not a there's probably not enough officers to help deter crime and then mm-hmm. the people who are committing crimes have they're not being held accountable so it's kind of a a lose-lose situation um yeah, I, I just I, I don't I don't know how it gets better. And then I also feel like the the people who are in charge there don't a lot of them are really disconnected from reality. They they have kind of made up their own um, 
situation in their mind as to how the world really works. And I, I, I feel like they don't think that people can be criminals. There aren't any bad people and everything is just hunky-dory in California. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not ideal, I, I, I don't think. Yeah, so um, let's do this. Let's jump to another quick commercial break. And then we're going to come back and um, we're going to break it down and really jump into more of the thought process of how I look at it also. And then um, you can actually rebut it and tell me what you think and how it goes. <laughs> All right. So everybody, if you will, please stay in your seats and here are a few words from our sponsors. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Mental health and guns. At Walk the Talk America, we are working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. Hey, this is Brian. Thank you so much for listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Michael has been a great supporter of Hunter's HD Gold, and it's my pleasure to be a support for his podcast as well. Make sure you check out the Hunter's HD Gold website for prescription orders and also custom orders where you can use your own frame for your Hunter's HD Gold lenses. Or if you want to try the new Hunter's HD Ruby, we have information there as well. Because we always use Trivex lenses as our base material, and all our lenses are photochromic so they change so you don't have to. So thank you again for listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast, and we'll see you at the range soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality hermit oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer bolt-on shell, your draw becomes solid and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. Hey everyone, John from Outdoor Dynamics here. 
We're a remanufacturer of ammunition based in Kannapolis, North Carolina. We make everything from 9mm 115 grain to specialized 40 Smith & Wesson. So if you have anything from an open gun to just a standard Glock 19, feel free to reach out to us at OutdoorDynamics.net or we're on Instagram and Facebook with Outdoor.Dynamics. And we're always here for you. Happy to answer any questions you have. All right, good people. We're back at it again. And thank you for listening to another commercial break from the M-W Tactical Podcast. Head on over to those sponsors and let them know that you heard about us, right? Hit up their Facebook, their YouTube channels, give them a thumbs up and just write something positive, right? whatever you think about their product, all right? Also, um, don't forget, if you're new to the M-W Tactical Podcast, if you're on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit the thumbs up or thumbs down, whichever one you prefer. And if you're listening to us on um, whatever streaming platform that you're listening to, please go ahead and subscribe to that platform so you can be notified whenever there's a new podcast that does come out. And once again, thank you all for listening to us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Now, before the commercial break, we was talking about what was going on out there in California. And it's craziness. It's craziness right now. Why, how, and what to do? Mm, how do we solve this? Now, I've always said that there are a certain amount of people who have a lot of money because, you know, in California, there are a lot of, you know, wealthy people out there in California. And I think there is a disconnect with reality as you already brought it up. And when I say this, it's a false sense of security because you're privileged to buy X, Y, and Z. Whereas somebody else who's probably looking at the same things probably have to save over the course of time to even get that one item. Now, for instance, I'm not someone who is concerned about having the latest and greatest vehicle, right? As long as the vehicle runs, that's all I care about because I know I'm not going to be in a vehicle for majority of my life, <laughs> right? I actually did a breakdown one time and the shortest amount of time I was in my truck one month was like 18 hours out of 30 days. So in my mind, it doesn't make sense for me to go out here and pay $100,000 for a vehicle <laughs> that I'm only going to be in for maybe 18 hours. Like, this, is, this doesn't add up. Whereas out there in California, it's a different mentality with the way you got to live out there. Now. My brother, he was dating someone at one point in time, and she was trying to become an actress. And he and I had a conversation about her wanting to buy a Mercedes. And, you know, he was like, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. And I was like, well, look at it from this standpoint for it to make sense. By her wanting to be an actress, she can't pull up in a Honda Accord and everybody takes her serious. She has to pull up in what everybody else is driving so it can be the norm. So they will look at her as being serious, right? Because if she keeps pulling up in the Honda Accord, she could be the best actress out there, but 
she's also going to get ridiculed and that ridicule is going to push her into a negative ballpark where she won't get looked at as being positive or the stronger actress. Then he understood. Now, when you turn around and you look at from thinking of it that same way, people out there in California, that's how they are. Because even when I went out there, I seen it firsthand. Whereas people were kind of turning their nose up to certain people, depending on how you carried yourself and how you actually bought certain things. Now that this purge mentality is going on out there, now these same people who had that false sense of security are either one, moving out of California, or two, they're taking up arms. When you listen to the different people talking, people are getting robbed in restaurants, um, red lights, the like going on to the interstates. It, it was like getting ridiculous. And they said this is happening in broad daylight. Now, if you understand street culture in any type of way, there was a guy out there. He's still out there, of course. His name is Wack 100. And he is a bona fide gang member. So that structure, that way of life, however it pans out out there, he made the, the claim publicly, I am getting out of California. This is getting crazy right now. Now, for a gang member to say that, now you, you got to remember the street mentality the gangs can pretty much control what happens. If they say it, they can pretty much control who's doing what in that area. This guy, like I say, now he is like a record executive of some such, right? Making his money legitly, but he still has the gang affiliations. He said he's out. He's going to the East Coast for a little bit, and then he's going to go over to London and chill out over there until all this stuff dies down. What does that tell you when a street guy is saying he's getting out of harm's way and he knows how to navigate, you know, through this with the different people of level of echelons within the ranks of the street? Yeah, that is that's crazy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that mentality out there is crazy now. And I don't think the media is painting the picture of how serious it is right now oh i can't it was on facebook i think i saw this it was either facebook or youtube i can't remember but it was the police chief out there in los angeles who stated if you're a tourist and you're not from here don't come out here because you are now going to be considered the prey because they can look at you and tell you're not from here and you will get robbed and the police can't do anything. They're not going to come and help you. Isn't this the same thing, that mentality that was in Texas not even a year and a half ago? <laughs> so, like, when will people actually realize that like, firearms are not the problem? That's not the problem. It's the mentality of the person who is doing what said whatever said crime. And right now, this is nothing more than the basic structure of survival. So 
you're looking at the walking dead zombie apocalypse <laughs> in live form right now not to make a joke of it but for some people to understand and for them to relate because if you haven't been there or really been in any type of danger environment like that it will not pan out in your mind to make sense so yeah that's true and it's it's um <laughs> the bad part about people leaving is that a lot of those people leave and then they still vote the same way and they just create the same problems when they move. wherever they go <laughs> and I can't, how did that go when I read this? The people who are leaving out of California, they're moving to Texas, Nevada, Montana, Montana Idaho. Idaho was one of the people on the list also. But I knew it was, um, the ones that really stood out to me was Nevada and Texas. Because I remember Joe Rogan, who used to live in California, moved to yeah. Texas. <laughs> also now a lot of my friends who live out there in texas who are heavily involved in their community like city council and all that they, they always tell you man those people in california y'all need to go back to california or go someplace else but we're going to drive you out of texas because they already know they're going to bring that way of thinking there to texas and it's going to ruin yeah. the state but people in texas are not going to put up with that <laughs> I can tell you that right now. <laughs> so like I said, this is, it's crazy. It is crazy how this is going forth. But when I was driving from the store yesterday and thinking about it, because I heard something over the radio about the craziness that's happening out there in California. Do you actually think this was by design? And when I say by design, I'm saying somebody specifically said, okay, we need to do this and do this. Now that the that part of the equation formulated to what is taking place now, for somebody to come in and say, okay, we need to do this and this to take firearms from people and this is going to be considered legal, which will be the form to say, okay, the second amendment is abolished because when you look at all the countries that have taken away firearms from the people, look at what was taking place. So Venezuela, right? Less than two years ago, what was happening out there? Look at what's taking place in Australia right now. All right, so do you think that's going to come here? <laughs> or yeah. Do, or do you think that's part of the design to make something like that happen here? Probably. I mean, if you look so, 1996 was when Australia got rid of their, or basically had their turn in your firearms <laughs> movement. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think Australia ever had as many firearms as we do in the U.S., so it's it's a little bit different, but the idea is, is the same. So you figure, what, 1996 till now? That wasn't a terribly long time to basically take over the populace. I think here, 
uh, it's going to be a, a lot tougher fight. The thing is, is like they're they're never going to let up, and when we know that, and over the years, we've obviously there's a lot more firearms that are illegal now than were even like 50 years ago. You used to be able to have machine guns and or Tommy guns, or you know, it's just the the amount of um, firearms that you can purchase now has been to some extent very regulated and. I, there are definitely people out there who don't want anyone to, to have firearms, which that's like saying you don't want anyone to have drugs. It's, uh, it's not, right. Like it's Pandora's box is already open. So, so what are you, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It's like, you can't, right. you can't undo it. So, and I mean, now with like 3d printing and ghost guns and all of that other stuff, it's like, they're never going away. That's, that's to me, blatantly obvious. So um, I think the more you try to fight it, people are always going to be one step ahead of the government, right? Like government can't, can't act as fast as the everyday citizen, which is how it's supposed to be. The government isn't supposed to be able to just take over. And I, I am very appreciative of that kind of check and balance that we have in place here, because it it does keep the government moving at a slower pace, but you know, even if you found a way to overturn the second amendment, you're not getting rid of guns. And, right. and we've seen now the police can't even keep up with petty crime in California. So how are they gonna keep up with gun crime if you make firearms illegal? You know what I mean? So it's like, right. they're already showing you they're not capable of, of processing or prosecuting everyone who's, <laughs> committing a crime so it's kind of at that point weighing out you're like should firearms become illegal uh what are the what are your odds of you know being caught or you know being involved in a situation and like having to make that that assessment for yourself so mm -hmm. i don't think that that banning them outright would ever um well one would ever come to fruition i, I mean i think people are going to fight um and even now when you see the proposals of people being like, oh, we're going to stack the Supreme Court. So blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, that works great until what? Like, let's say the court then gets stacked in the other direction, you know? So it's always kind of like this, be careful what you wish for and be careful what you pass because people on the other side can then use that to their advantage. Great. It's always going to funnel to a choke so. point. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. yeah. So as far as it being designed, I would, I mean, there's interesting parallels between now and like Bolshevik communism. Um, and, you know, I always, I never say history repeats itself, but I like to say history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. And just seeing those similarities throughout time of what happens when society kind of reaches this breaking point and, um, and are we in the end of when you kind of look at civilizations, one of my friends texted me this morning, actually, and he's reading this book and I should, I'm going to look and see what it's called because it really piqued my interest. And I think I'm going to add it to my, uh, to my reading list. Um, it's called the changing world order, why nations succeed and fail. And basically the author goes through all the different civilizations that have risen to greatness and then inevitably crumbled and um i kind of asked him like what are your big takeaways and he said you know we're kind of in the end end phases of, of america and i'm like 
oh man, like what can we do to, to turn it around? Or do we just ride this wave till it's over? And he said that the, one of the big things that you see in these civilizations that have, have collapsed is um, one, the one, the uneducated populace, like the amount of people who just don't have the basic reading, writing, arithmetic skills. And then uh, secondly is the, the large dependence on the state to take care of you. So I feel like we're definitely in that space. We have a, a, a lackluster education system and an ever increasing nanny state. So until we, unless we can turn that around, I do feel like we are kind of, you know, coming up to the brink of the collapse of the America that we know. Yeah. And that's the same thing we said a few episodes ago, whereas we had the discussion about all great civilizations fall after so many years. And that's between 400 yeah. to 600. And we're right now in that time period with our civilization right now within that 400 to 600 year mark. So is this going to be the reason we fall? Whereas we're eating ourselves from the inside out because <laughs> it ain't nobody else that's going to destroy us. It's going to be us within. And a heavy portion of that equation is greed. And that's what yeah. it, it looks like when you turn around and you start weighing everything. But how do we um, do this? <laughs> Did you see um, the guy from the CBS, um, Brian Williams, I think. Was it Brian? No. Was that him? Yes. Brian Williams from, I think he's on NBC. Uh, oh, he's retiring he's, or something like that? Yeah. And his, um, his basically farewell speech um, it was about three minutes long and something, it, it was really interesting because he said something about, um, they're going to burn down, the, they're trying to burn down the house with us inside. Mm -hmm. And I thought, first I thought it was really telling that someone on a national news network would say that, but then it also made me question, well, wh one, what does he know? And two, what, what's to come? Well, you also got to remember this. He's an old school reporter. So he was the reporter that had to go out and do everything with boots on the ground. Uh, the one thing I think that tarnished his reputation was he made the claim he was on a helicopter in Afghanistan and was never on the helicopter or something like that. Yeah. And I think that kind of tarnished him a little bit, but um I think he was probably coerced into doing those tactics because round about that time frame is when the shift in media was taking place is whereas, okay, we can't trust y'all as much as we used to because there was a law that was passed and I can't remember the time frame when it was passed, but this law was that the news media had to be um, unbiased and you couldn't persuade the people a certain way it just had to be you had to tell it straight unraw you know what I mean straight raw and um 
of course, whenever you have money that comes into play, this is when you start having the divide because all the news back in the day used to tell you that you can watch CBS, NBC, or ABC. They all told you the news from the same standpoint and you made your own decision which way you had to go. Today, not so much. It's all about who's backing that news agency now as to what you're going to get. You know? Oh, yeah. So, and um, it's, I don't think it's good that when you, when you start to roll up all those different organizations, it's like six companies, six you know, mm-hmm. giant conglomerates are in charge of all of the news that we receive here. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, that's not good. I don't feel like that's the best interest of the people. And there's... Um, I don't know what you search on YouTube, but it's like the, there's montages of news newscasts across the country and just how there's like, you know, dozens of people that are saying the exact the same, same thing. Like yeah. yeah, so it's, it's a gameplay. And yeah. like we said, what Brian Wilms or Wilson, what is his name? Brian Wilson. <laughs> Brian Williams. Brian, Look, Wilson Brian Williams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm all confused over here. But when you, when you look at it from his standpoint, like I said, these were the people back in the day that was legitly going to the office, leaving the office, boots on ground, coming up with the story and going back to the office, getting it together for everybody at 6 p.m., you know, and technology ruined that a little bit, a little bit of greed ruined that a little bit. And of course, the whole big rush to be the first one to get it out definitely ruined it a little bit. So the shift in the news agency, you know, um, made it awkward. Now, could he have kept going if the formula was the same as it was when he first came about? You know, probably because I think he actually enjoyed and loved his job that much that he would have wrote it out to the end. Right? He couldn't physically do it anymore. And I think right now he was just being pushed out. So when I heard his retirement speech i looked at it more as him talking in riddles and you just had to decipher the riddle right which pretty much is saying the same thing that the people with money are the people that are controlling everything right now so we as people who are middle class and below can look at it and complain all day our voice doesn't have a real meaning until it gets to somebody who has money and it's a problem. And now the people get, that person is going to get behind the people because their interests are lined up. And that's pretty much how I heard and what I heard when he was saying that. And the driving factor, once again, is greed. <laughs> so it was kind of weird when I first heard it and I was like, okay, nobody's going to cut this guy off. <laughs> Or anything. Just, just going. <laughs> so I was like, maybe they was like, well, ain't nobody really listening to him. So just let him say whatever he's gonna say. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, this guy's talking in riddles. And just like everybody who looked at Kanye West, everybody kept trying to say he was crazy, all this and that, he's off the deep end. But when you actually listen to Kanye West actually talks, he makes a lot of sense. But once again, once you start talking a certain truth and it's the type of truth that can pull people together 
and have everybody going against one entity. Now they need to label you as crazy <laughs> and all this. So your words don't impact the masses. Right. Yeah. yeah, like they did the same thing with Britney Spears. Think of all the celebrities that have gone crazy, that go to rehab. But then when you look at what they're saying, you're like, wait, these people were telling us what was happening. Yeah, they were telling the truth the whole time. Yeah. Now, Whitney's situation, I mean, not Whitney, uh, Britney's situation was totally different. Yeah. And I think what it was with her was nothing more than she wanted to take her artistic creativity a different direction right because that's how artists are they want to experiment with a new sound a new look but the people who she brought this forth to her father was like no we need to keep what we know works going as long as we can and she was like no because I'm gonna get bored with that I need to do this I need to do that you know and I think that was just manipulation of her contract that drove her into doing what she did until she got to court and now she's divorced from all that and now she can actually be the person who she wanted to be all these years later yeah. and be a normal person again well i think once you hit celebrity to a certain point you'll never be normal yeah you, you know so um if people are running up to you asking for a picture or you got to be careful about what you say because you don't want it to affect your income stream, <laughs> right? You're, you'll never be normal in that spotlight, right? Because you got to be careful what you do and say. Just like um, some of my friends who are celebrities, you have to be careful of what's said around them because it's going to jeopardize their income. You know, so for instance, a lot of actors and actresses in Hollywood are pro-gun. They just can't come out and say it, you know, but when they do, you're going to see less of them on the screen. <laughs> right. Because I know, and that's the one thing I don't understand about Hollywood is all their money is generated from acts of a firearm, regardless if it's positive or negative, it's still an act of a firearm. All right. But they're totally against it. <laughs> I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me it doesn't make sense I know it's I know well yeah like I didn't I realized fairly recently that like Brad Pitt is a huge firearms aficionado he's got like mm -hmm. a crazy collection and he's super into into guns and shooting and I'm just like wow like you never hear about that they never talk mm -hmm. about Brad Pitt's gun collection so yeah and the closest thing that we can get to these actors and actresses that are heavy into firearm is when you see them in a movie you know so for instance i would have never took holly berry as serious with the firearm but then when you turn around and you look at the training she was doing with you know taryn butler she was really into it right and she never really publicly spoke out uh, like I'm pro gun, but you can actually look and see like, okay, she's getting enjoyment out of this. And this is something that she probably will pick up later on and go to the range with, you know, friends or other people in the industry. Just like, um, what's my man's name? Um, Shamar Moore. 
he does that TV show uh, SWAT. I think that's what it is. Okay. He's a big, heavy into firearms, right? And just looking at him, you would never realize that because he never really wears anything that says, hey, look at me, I'm a two-way type of guy, <laughs> you know? But he's always doing something in relation to his job with firearms because basically that's what his job is is he's being an actor but in order for him to get the value of expression out he has to know it and i think that's what kind of kind of pushed him into being a big gun guy you know but um speaking along that same path and let's transition to this one who would you consider somebody you would like to work with both and i say from a civilian standpoint or someone from an entertainer standpoint um let's see i don't even know um from a civilian standpoint there's like a couple places that i would like to go um and just like uh like shoot and train and and be out um and like do something outside of the box so there's a there's a couple different ranges in vegas that i've looked at i haven't gone to but sort of like these um like more like battlefield type things so there's like machine gun vegas and i think there's actually one called battlefield vegas and um you know do something that's more like a like a rolling around on the ground and, and doing something that i would hopefully never have to do in real life i'd like train and, and do something like that i think that would be a lot of fun i don't have a specific trainer that i would work with necessarily but just going through one of those um organizations and, and doing like a, a training out there i think that would be cool it's something that i haven't done before i think it would be just uh like being out in the desert i just feel like that would be a, a cool experience um to do something like that so it's not like a person per se but just more like it would like to do that experience if that makes sense the entity of yeah i, I can see that i can see that um as far as like celebrities i don't know i like hate hollywood i am not a movie person if you ask me like oh what movies have you like if you go through like the top 100 movies of all time i've probably seen 12 of them and like the movies that i do watch i just watch the same ones over and over again oh wow <laughs> And I don't have a TV, so like I I don't watch a lot. Like I don't own a TV, so I, I don't. Um, I don't really want to watch movies on my laptop screen. So, but like if I want, if I had to train with anybody, man, I'm just trying to think of. I mean, it'd be cool. I guess uh, maybe Will Smith. Um, he's one that comes to mind. He's I know he's he's done training before. I think he's. Uh, um, you know, a fun character and he plays a lot of interesting roles. And I think he's someone who would, he would obviously take things seriously, but I think you'd have a really good time out right. there with him. I, I can see that. Now for me, as far as a civilian standpoint, 
I can't honestly say specifically like one person, but I will say the United States Army because I've met a lot of great people when I was in the Army. And there is so many people within the branches of the military that have drive and ambition. You'd be like, some of the people I met, like, man, you should not be in the military. You should be doing this or this, you know? But at the same time, a lot of people are not driven by money or success in life. They just want the fulfillment of doing their job in the military. Case in point, I had a soldier one time. Her family was well off, like well off. She didn't have to work at all well off. She came into the military, and of course, we're sitting there, we're talking like, okay, uh, what is your MOS, and uh, why did you pick it? Her, She said her MOS was, it was either supply or medical. I can't remember. But she just wanted to come into the military, and she just wanted to draw cartoons for the newspaper. That's all she wanted to do. <laughs> so I was just like, wow, okay. And it kind of opened my mind just to hear her say that and everything like that. And, but back to the original question, like I said, just people within the, the branches of the military, you know, celebrity wise, I've been thinking about this one for years on top of years. And honestly speaking, the one person who I would like to work with that is an entertainer is Fat Joe. And I think Fat Joe is well-connected, right? Because, of course, you know, you can't do everything by yourself. So right. you have to have the people who know how to do this and know how to do that to make you stand out how it is. So, um I can't remember who actually said that, like surround yourself with people who are smarter than you, but have the drive to, you know, make things happen. And I think Fat Joe is one of those people that's do it like that. And I remember I said this to one of my friends before, and he was just like, man, you know, I don't think I can hang out with Fat Joe. I said, I think I can, because when you listen to him talk, yeah, it always sounds like he's drunk and annoying a lot of times, but I just think he's one of those people that are that is very smart with business and he's well connected with business also. So and I think he can actually come into the two A realm and push it out a little bit more from a business perspective. You know? Yeah. So that's my take on it. You know, so I know some people probably be like, who in the world is fat Joe? <laughs> you know, uh, a few years ago, he had that um, summer smash. He's a recording artist and rap hip hop, however you want to label it. And um, he had the song lean back, you know, so um, very successful guy, but to tell you a little bit about him, I think when he first came out, he was on a major label and then after that everything else was independent after that because he understood the creativity and freedom of expression and go and come as he pleases so he wasn't tied down to the major record labels so he did everything independent which was pretty much on his own you know 
So, and like I said, that's how I look at it. So, <laughs> I, I, I just remember he, him and Ashanti did that song together. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he made a lot of songs, a lot of songs. But there's also a lot of history with Fat Joe that makes his story very interesting as well. Um, even when you take it back to the days of Big Pun when they first came out to now, right? So there was like a lot of controversy. Um, and of course, you know, all entertainers have some form of a scandal that goes on. And I think it was a mix up with him. And he actually did a little bit of time for tax reasons, but it was only because his accountant wasn't doing what the accountant was supposed to do, <laughs> you know? So it wasn't anything on his behalf because even though he is a street guy, he is one of those type people that is about his business. So he needs everything in line, but he's also like a straightforward guy. That's not going to BS you either. Right? right. And of course, you know, like I said, if you ever listen to me interview somebody, one of the questions I always ask is, um, what do you find more important, loyalty or respect? And I think Fat Joe is one of those type people. That's how he weighs you. Is either on the loyalty scale or the respect scale. Which one do you go for? Because you can't have one without the other, in my personal opinion. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I lean more to respect because I think you got to have respect before loyalty follows. Yeah, and I think if you're a respect, if you show respect, like loyalty is a natural outcome of it. Because there's a lot of people who are loyal, but they'll treat you like garbage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. What's that? The friends who you thought were your friends, and then you find out years later, they're really not your friends. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, is there anything else you'd like to cover since this is the last show of the year before we come back? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like we've covered a lot. We've covered a lot this past, you know, several months. And obviously 2021 has been a year for the books. <laughs> yeah. So I can actually say I am ready for this year to be over with. I'm seriously ready for this year to be over with. But not to say that we're not going to be dealing with any BS in 2022. <laughs> but hopefully it's a whole lot better than 2021. <laughs> yeah. We're going to see. So um but um, if you have nothing else you want to cover, I will actually say, just remember the next two weeks, we're going to be on our Christmas break, holiday break, however you want to look at it. And we're going to come back the week after January 7th. So that Tuesday after January 7th. Um, but outside of that, I will actually say, if you will, if this is your first time listening to the show, or if you haven't done so yet, please follow us on social media. And you can follow me on Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, Twitter, and TikTok. And just do a search for at M underscore W tactical and give us a follow all those locations on YouTube. Head on over to um, the M W tactical channel on YouTube. Just do a search for M W tactical. And, you know, hit the subscribe button, give us a follow and tell us what you think of some of those videos that you see that, that we put up. And of course, if you want to follow Rockstar, you could do so at. You can find me at Rockstar Burst, B-E-R-S-T on Instagram. It's where I'm most active and post the most stuff. So um, someday I'll add more to my social handles. But for right now, that's the best place to find me. <laughs> 
Uh, you got a lot on your plate right now to handle anything else. So if you do anything else, I'd be like, how are you pulling that off? <laughs> <laughs> so um, until we hit 2022 and we talk again with everybody who's listening, you know, happy holidays, happy new year, and may you enjoy that time with your family and loved ones. So until we chat again, everyone be safe out there. Keep your head on the swivel and we will see y'all in 2022. So y'all take care, have fun and be safe. But most importantly, keep shooting, keep practicing and have fun.